When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. The following is a Learfield presentation of the Virginia Tech Sports Network. This is the X's and O's podcast with Zach Mackey. Now let's join your host, Zach Mackey. Welcome again to the X's and O's podcast. I'm your host, Zach Mackey. Happy to have you with us for yet another episode, uh, diving into some of those football coaches and assistants. This week, we have another former player. There's so many of those uh, on this roster, coach, uh, or on this coaching staff, I should say, coach. Brent Pry went ahead and kept a lot of those guys that had previous experience playing at Virginia Tech, one of them being Jaron Guvea Winslow. He joins us. He's one of the analysts for Coach Brent Pry, works tr- primarily with the defensive side of the football after having, obviously, a great defensive career here at Virginia Tech. But he kind of talks about what analysts are allowed to do. They can't do as much of the on-the-field uh, type of work that some of the other position groups do, but he is able to obviously help the defense in many ways throughout the week. He talks about that, dives into uh, his playing days a little bit, and then his coaching journey. He coached with his dad, a Super Bowl winning player himself, uh, over in Hawaii. Came back over here to Virginia Tech. Welcome to be back into the X's and O's podcast here on our Hokie Pod uh, series. I'm Zach Mackey, now joined with uh, Jaron Guvea Winslow joining us, one of the analysts for the Virginia Tech Hokies. Uh, Jaron, thanks for joining us here today. Yeah, thanks, Zach. Uh, appreciate you having me. Let's talk a little bit about uh, you know this this season. Uh, what your role is as an analyst? Because I think you know that's one of the elements that has expanded. Obviously, as college football staffs have gotten bigger and bigger, what's your day to day look like? 
Yeah, so, uh, you know, day to day, you know, I'm in the office in the defensive staff room a lot right now, um, you know, assisting the GAs, working with them. Essentially, it is a lot of, you know, GA operational work. Um, anything that the defensive coordinator, Chris Marv, needs, anything the defensive staff needs, um, you know, we just try to knock it out. Um, only difference in my role as an analyst is on the field duties, you know, as a GA. You can be more hands-on on the field. You can you can get in there and coach and help the drills a lot more. But as an analyst, you really got to sit back and you know just observe. You know, you take the notes and you know as an analyst, you just want to be able to provide um, you know feedback as far as um, hey, what we're doing well, what we need to you know improve on, um, and then you know self scout that we did in a bye week a couple weeks ago. Um, just breaking down some numbers and 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 just overall just you know being a resource for the, the defensive staff. Now, are you typically looking at the current week, or are you looking a week ahead, or how's that work? Yeah, I mean, we I'll say we work the current week, but we're we're always you know looking ahead, working ahead. So gotcha. you know, I'm I'm already going to be breaking down next week um, as we get free time, um, you know, throughout the week. But um, during the day, you know, we're prepping practice, we're making sure we're, we're clean on all that. So um, it's 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 busy, but you do you know when you do get some downtime, you try to work ahead. You work on the defensive side of the football. What's it like having a head coach like Coach Pry, who obviously spent his entire career on the defensive side of the football? Oh man, it's 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 awesome to have him in the defensive staff room with us every day. You know, we're watching practice. Um, you know, watching the film. It's his defensive scheme, uh, essentially. So you know, getting the insight from him, um, always learning. You know, always just taking in what what these guys are talking about and, and what we're trying to accomplish. Um, but him being a defensive uh, mindset. You know, it's 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 definitely a tool for recruiting as well. You know, I'm talking to some big time recruits, and I'm like, hey, you know, this is this is Coach Brent Pry. You know, all you gotta do is, is show the numbers of what he was able to do and accomplish at Penn State. Um, you know, talk to the kids, uh, the prospects that we're looking at coming in here to, hey, this is where you could fit. This is where you know we need we need help and improvement. Um, you know, so you know that's also a recruiting tool that I think the kids can relate to. Where did uh, your and Coach Pry's uh, connection come from? Honestly, um, you know, I was in recruiting. I was in the recruiting department my first two seasons uh, back here at Virginia Tech. Um, and when he got hired and, and came in, you know, he, he didn't have a full staff just yet, but we still had a, you know, a full recruiting class to, to seal the deal with, you know. So um, I think I remember maybe the first week or two, like we were gearing up for a big-time official visit weekend with all of our current commits. You know, they get to OV back with us to, to, to meet the new head coach, meet the staff members that were currently with us, which at the time was only, you know, a few defensive guys. Um, you know, so I just – I didn't know really what my, you know, future held, mm-hmm. um, you know, because you kind of get nervous with a new staff change. But, um, you know, I just, you know, did what I, what I was supposed to do. And um, when spring ball came around after a few months of, of in the recruiting department, you know, that opportunity opened up on the defensive staff as an analyst, and, you know, he came into my office and, and offered it to me. So um, there was no prior connection, really, other other than the three months or f- you know, a few months that we were, uh, you know, trying to recruit and, and get these guys. So, you know, real, you know, appreciative and, and fortunate to, to have this opportunity. What's it like being at, because uh, you, you've been around, too, being back at your alma mater, a spot where you spent, uh, you were a Virginia Tech uh, linebacker from 2008 to 2012. What's that like? It's a dream come true, to be honest. Um, take a lot of pride in, in being here. It's an honor to be on the staff and be on this side of the, of the ball. Um, you know, as a player, you know, you don't really know exactly all the detail that goes into, you know, 
prep and practice, you know, game planning, you know, you know, handling the team and all that. So, um, you know, being on this side of it, just trying to, you know, uh, do my part to help us be successful, help these players, the guys that have been in their shoes, you know, I know what they're going through. Um, you know, it's a real honor and privilege, but, um, you know, it's been a lot of fun too. You know, I got uh, three baby girls now, um, you know, sharing where I got to play the community of Virginia Tech and Blacksburg. Um, you know, it's a great place to, to, to raise a family. And, um, you know, it's special to share all this with my with my family. So. Mm-hmm. What, uh, I think that's interesting, the part that players don't a lot of times know everything that the coaches are doing and how much goes into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, that gives you a newfound respect for now. It's easy to say now, but I mean, the, these coaches are putting in crazy hours to get mm-hmm. ready each week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I first got into coaching, um, it was actually at the high school level. I, I, when I got done playing, I um, got back in my alma mater at Stonebridge High School in Northern Virginia. Um, you know, my head coach, uh, Mickey Thompson, still there. A lot of the guys on staff are still there. So, you know, I. Um, even work at the high school level, you know, we were in there late hours and to be successful, you know, you got to put the time in, you just, it's just, it is what it is. So, um, had an idea. And then when I get to the college level, the power five level, um, it's 24 seven, it's living and breathing. And, um, you know, it's, it's full go all the time. So, um, you know, as a player, yeah, you don't really see all that, but you know, you're grinding, you're doing your part as far as your training, your meetings, you know, you got school. So, I mean, you got a full plate too, uh, but so do the coaches. So, you know, it, it's it's been good. Um, you know, I think the players learning from us as as former Hokies. You know, you got me, um, J.C. Price, you know, Pearson Prelo, Xavier DB. You know, guys that, mm-hmm. that, that have been here. You know, I think they look up to us. I think they appreciate and respect us in that in that sense. You know, but you know, we come to bring it every day because we care and you know we take pride in it ourselves. You uh, you obviously played here from 2008 to 2012, as we talked about. What was yeah. it like playing for uh, Coach Beamer, Coach Foster? What was that like? Man, it was. I mean, it's it's an honor. It was an honor. You know, growing up from Northern Virginia, you know, it was it was Virginia Tech football. It was VT defense with Coach Foster. It was Beamer ball. You know, so um, I already knew from a young age what I wanted to do. Um, I was just waiting for that call, and um, my recruitment was short and sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was ready to come in here and, and help this team. Um, but you know, looking back, it's like, man, it, like we we were working hard, we were having success. Um, so I know what it looks like. You know, we know what it looks like, um, and we're getting back to that. You know, we're, we're working t- our, our tails off. Um, the guys, the players, they're working hard. Um, you know, it's just one day at a time right now. But you know, in hindsight, it's like, man, we were winning championships. We were winning. 10 games a season, you know, it's hard to do. It's hard to do, especially in today's game. Everyone's, you know, everyone's kind of leveling the playing field with this new age of recruiting and everything. So you always just got to gotta keep bringing it every day. So what, uh, when you think back, I mean, obviously a lot of Hokie fans remember that interception, the 24-yard pick six you had uh, against Florida State at the ACC championship game. Uh, that's got to be a moment that uh, you think pretty fond of when you think back to your playing days. Man, yeah, that was a that was a big time play. Um, it's almost like in slow motion in my mind. I still, you know, the, the the crowd went silent. You know, I was just in the zone, I guess, like kind of in those moments uh, on the field. But um, I remember my boy Bruce Taylor got a good jump on the on the throw, tipped it, and you know I just plucked it out of the air. I was right there, so um, went and finished the play. Um, 
man, it was in that, that back corner of a lot of Florida State fans that weren't too happy with us. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, you know, getting some gestures from the stands. But, um, you know, then I turned around, all the boys and, and the guys were hyped. So, um, man, exciting play, exciting, uh, obviously, night winning the ACC championship and, and finishing that, that unique season off. That 2010 season was, was, was special. Um, you know, so, I mean, big time play, big time moment. Um, you know, it was real special. Is that your most memorable play or most memorable game I want to go to? Is um, it, you think if you had to pick it your was, favorite? It's definitely up there. It's definitely up there. You know, in, in those big moments, you definitely want to show up and, and make a play for your team. And that was one of them, especially when you, you know, help, you know, secure an ACC championship title. You know, we went went on to an Orange Bowl that season. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, you know, another big play, we were actually just talking about it was because uh, I got to, you know, reminisce a little bit um, against NC State. Um, I think it was I'm trying to remember the year. It might have been two thousand nine. Um, you know, we were we were losing, and you know, it was a special teams play. We returned the, the opening kickoff in the second half for a touchdown after being hmm. down like we were like down twenty one seventeen nothing or something. But um, it kind of sparked the momentum that we needed for the rest of that half to to go ahead and and, and win and, and come out of there with a, with a W. But um, I, mean, I remember that play only because I was like, man, special teams can really do it. You know, special teams means a lot. And um, ever since then, I've, I was, I've been bought in. And, um, you know, I've been a special teams coordinator, and I, I tell that story to the guys because you, you just don't know. You know, the momentum of a play in special teams, a lot of guys like to take those plays off or don't think it's as important or critical. Mm-hmm. But any play, any moment can be can be a big-time play. So that one sticks out to me. What uh, you, you get done with your playing career, and uh, then you decide that, uh, like you said, you're going to go and, and become a high school coach. What did you always know while you were playing? I know your dad, obviously, a, a coach too, that you wanted to be a coach. Is that always something in the back of your mind? Um, not really. You know, obviously, I had you know aspirations of, of playing beyond college football and going to the NFL, and um, you know, some injuries just set me back. But I didn't really cross my mind like, oh man, like hey, you know, I'm actually got a pretty good football IQ and um you know can can have been a leader in all my teams before like um you know but when I got home after college you know that was when I was just hanging around at my alma mater I was back with my head coach who's still there uh Mickey Thompson and, and those boys and um you know he needed a a, a secondary coach I was like oh yeah definitely let's do it you mm-hmm. know um I was uh some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Performance coach, trainer at the time. So I was training a lot of the athletes in the area and, you know, coaching them in the evening. So I was kind of getting the best of both worlds with that. And, you know, I took a lot of pride and passion in that and helping those boys. Um, and it just took off, you know. And um, there's a couple years doing that, which was a lot of fun. Was that a big difference going from, uh, you know, being a captain, playing in the Orange Bowl, winning ACC championships to going back to the high school ranks and that? Um, you know, I'll tell you a funny story. My first time, first game as a coach – I was up in the booth in the box about ready for kickoff, and I, I found my hand shaking. <laughs> I was more nervous uh, as a coach for high school ball than I had ever been playing ball. And, you know, you get butterflies and stuff in big games. 
um, in my playing career. I remember my, my first game traveling against Alabama. Uh, had butterflies. Hadn't had butterflies really like that before. Uh, my first start against Boise State in 2010, like that was – I wouldn't say butterflies, but more adrenaline, you know, excited. But this one was different. Like coaching ball, I was like, man, do I got my boys ready? Do they, are they, you know, they know what they're supposed to be doing. Like it was more mm-hmm. of like, um, I'm, it's out of my hands, out of my control. Right. And I was just, uh, I remember being nervous for that. But, um, you know, haven't had that since. It's, um, you know, um, now it's just more adrenaline, it's excitement. You know, I'm excited for the boys to go out there and compete because I know, you know, we've done everything we can to get them prepared. You know, now, you know, I say like, hey, the hay is in the barn. It's mm-hmm. up to them now to go execute. So, um, yeah, that's funny though. What uh, then? You you leave and you you go uh, way over to the other side of the country, over mm-hmm. to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Joined your dad, who's on staff there too. Um, I, I visited Hawaii. I've never lived in Hawaii. It's got to be an interesting place to live. Expensive. Uh, I tell you, that was yeah, it is expensive. Um, that was a special special year for me. Um, both my parents are born and raised in the West Side of Oahu. Pops being back there. Um, at Hawaii under Norm Chow, who's the outside linebackers coach. Um, you know, I remember him calling me up one day after a training session. He let me know, you know, a spot had opened up, wanted me, you know, like a GA role, um, wasn't going to be paying much. It was an opportunity. I was, I was, I was on the next flight. I was hmm. ready to go. I, I thought it was the coolest thing. Um, you know, so I went out there. Um, first day, I thought he was gonna pick me up. We go straight to the facility and get to get to work, you know. But instead, you know, he, he picked me up and we went the opposite way. We went out to to where he grew up, which was humble beginnings. You know, my mom, you know, she grew up that way as well. Um, so that was, I remember that being a special day, just kind of getting back to my roots and and, and taking that in. Um, but being there, it was beautiful. Um, you know, uh, kind of tough to to. You know, find success there in a way. It's it's just tough to recruit and stuff. But there's they got you know their own problems. But um, you know, it was special to be back working with my pops. Um, you know, we went off from there to Brevard College in North Carolina, which was um, my next stint. But um, yeah, that was that was a special year. Really cool. What's uh, what's that like being in the same working environment? I know the hours you guys put in, and you know you're around all the time. Your dad's around. Obviously, he was a coach throughout the time, so he was mm-hmm. gone a lot. And then now you're spending all the days, almost every day, with him. What was that like? Um, well, I mean, I just I felt like you know I had a lot of um, expectations. You know, I mean, he you know put uh, put me on as far as you know. Hey, you know, my boy can coach ball. He can come in and work hard. So I felt like. Um, you know, the expectations were high, but obviously, you know, I've always kind of lived in that realm of, of having high expectations, coming here, being a player, you know, the expectations here and going to coach. So uh, I always just wanted to show up, make sure I was doing what I was supposed to do, go above and beyond, um, obviously learn a lot. It was my first opportunity at the Power 5 level, um, you know, but working with working with my pops, a lot of fun. You know, we, we were up we try to beat Norm Chow in, in the office all the time. That he was he was in there really early, but we honestly we'd be in there at four forty five in the morning. It'd be really you know still be dark out, but get a lot of good work in early that hour. Mm. And the reason why you go in so early at Hawaii is because the East Coast has already been up for six hours, you mm. know. So you get ahead on emails and things. You want to keep in touch with people. Um, you're getting calls and things really early. That's got to be difficult if you're trying to recruit a kid on, in the East Coast time zone. You're, like, yeah. trying to figure out uh, that's a little bit of a There's some pros trick. and cons because, of you know, they're going to be done with their evenings while you're, you know, still mid-afternoon back mm. there in Hawaii. So jumping on the phone with them, it's not like we're making phone calls at 9 p.m. because – it's the middle of the night. That's true. Back this yeah. way. So there's some pros, pros and cons to it. Um, 
you know, having to try to schedule visits and travel, that was kind of difficult, mm, you know. Yeah. Everyone wants to OV there, though, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with their family. Um, you know, but it was, I could just say, it was a, it was a learning experience coming from, um, you know, Coach Beamer and Virginia Tech and, and, and seeing what real success looked like. And then going to Hawaii, that was, you know, they've been struggling and um, just trying to see, hey, you know, where are the differences with the in, in, in things, um, you know, but it was a good learning experience. What about, uh, I want to go back to your dad was a, a great player for BYU, got drafted in the NFL draft, won two Super Bowls uh, throughout that, then, as we said, became a college coach, but I would assume, I mean, it wouldn't take a rocket scientist to assume that he's the one that kind of led you towards the football path and, uh, you know, something that you wanted to pursue, obviously, in high school and then in, in college and now in the coaching ranks. Yeah, my, my dad's story is unique. It's it's, it's pretty special. Um, just coming from humble beginnings and, and really earning everything that he's got um, and what he did. You know, he, he Hawaii didn't, didn't want him. They thought he was maybe too short, too slow. You know, hmm. but um, you can't you can't measure somebody's work ethic and heart. You know, and he went to BYU and took care of business. Um, and then again, you know, 13 seasons in the NFL and two Super Bowls later, it's like it was a special time in yeah. in Washington. You know, with those guys. Um, so growing up, um, you know, I have uh, a large family, cousins, my older brother. You know, we were always in, in the street in the yard playing ball. You know, football has just been in our blood. Um, you know, and, you know, I just – first time I played organized, you know, peewee ball, I remember first time I touched the ball, I took it to the house on a kickoff. I was like, oh, man, all right, this, this is easy stuff, yeah, you know. I like this. I, I like this. Um, but, you know, being physical, you know, I always, you know, embraced that and liked that. My family, we were physical growing up. So, um, you know, I always took pride in running through dudes. And, and defense was my favorite because I like to take dudes out. So, yeah, yeah that was kind of my M.O. growing up. Um, but um, it was just always in the blood, you know. Um, a lot of people don't know in my upbringing, though. Um, you know, my parents did divorce when I was five, and dad playing ball, you know, he's gone a lot. My mom remarried, and my stepdad really raised my brothers and sisters and his four kids, you know. So I had a big family growing up, a bunch of cousins, a bunch of step-siblings, um, which was a lot of fun. So I would say, you know, my, looking up to my older brother really probably – you know, took me along that path. My own success in football, you know, I loved the game. So um, it was a combination of all that th all that stuff. Um, and then having, um, you know, just great coaches, man. I remember just growing up, every team I had had just great coaches, you know, genuine guys that, that, that pushed me, you know, taught me the game, took care of me. I remember in like eighth grade, my, my high school coach lived down the street. He was driving me 30 minutes to practice, mm. you know, because my mom, she couldn't take everyone to their sports, you know. So – um, you know, shout out to Tim Gamble, but, um, you know, just having great coaches. High school took off. My older brother, you know, Stonebridge High School in Northern Virginia opened in 2000, 2001. Um, and my, my older brothers were the first generation to go through there. You know, I, I got there in 2004, so they kind of took that program and, you know, had a little success. I came in and, you know, we ended up winning our first state title at, at my senior, my senior mm -hmm. season, you know. So, um, you know, just having great experiences coming up, great coaches. I think it's all led me to, to now. Yeah. What uh, – this is pivoting then to the current climate and that. What Are you um, – I know you talked about when you coached at the high school ranks, you were up at the booth. Are you up at the booth now or are you down on the field? I can't remember. Right now I'm on the field. Um, I've been in the booth before. Um, don't like it as much just because you don't feel the energy. You don't, you don't, yeah. you're not able to see the kids in, in the eye, you know. Um, you get a 
better feel for for the game, how it's going, how your how your players are responding when you're right there in the action. Um, so I'm glad to be back on the field right now uh, as an analyst. Um, you know, still can't be doing, can't coach really on the field. You can't be um, giving instruction and, and doing those things. So what I do right now on the field for for Coach Pry, for you know Coach Marvin, defensive staff, is chart every play, every situation in in real time, so that when we come off every series, you know we can look back and see exactly what's going on. Um, you know where we might have gotten hit, or how they're blocking a certain scheme. What are the route concepts um, in these certain formations? So. Um, you know, it's fast paced and you got to keep an eye on everything at once. And, um, but, you know, it's, I love being on the action. I love being down the field and feeling the energy. So I know this is one of the big parts when Coach Pry got this job and, uh, you know, Virginia Tech went all in on the resources to be able to give him everything. Uh, this is kind of one of those roles in one of those places, you know, in the analysts that if you guys have a whole bunch of you now who, you know, obviously your job is analytical that way too. You, you know, you can't on-field coach like you said. Um, that, that seems to be an area of college football that's kind of expanding and growing this area, especially I know Coach has talked about it a couple of times with him calling the defense. You can get kind of held held up on that a bit on, on managing the clock. Uh, I know Brian helps him some with that and uh, different things like that. But this is kind of an evolving and changing part of college football, right? Definitely. And uh, I would just say, you know, you can never have enough just great minds, great coaches, you know, with great ideas. Um, obviously, we've all come from different backgrounds, different places. So any situations that come up, you know, a lot of people have experience on, hey, this is what we did here. This is what when we did this here that worked out for us. So, um, you know, as a collective, just being able to share ideas, um, obviously, as an, as an analyst role, you know, we got to dig deeper into the numbers and, and see, hey, you know, this is efficient for us or this isn't efficient for us. You know, you try to be ahead of those things so that it's not all on the plate of the defensive coordinator or Coach Pry, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, you know, you just – Try to do what you can. Um, you know, you're crunching numbers. You're trying to figure things out. But, you know, it is a growing role. I think, you know, for us, it definitely is here. I know, like SEC level um, or SEC schools, they've they've had a bunch of analysts. You know, a lot more than than we've had in the past. So, you know, it's good that we're getting uh, those roles here now. Um, and I think, um, you know, the more coaches, the more great people you can have. You know, the better you'll be. So, um, you know, appreciate the role. And you know, obviously, it's all a learning experience too. Um, me being a younger coach, but um, you know Brian Chris has been instrumental with us. Uh, he's actually you know an offensive mind, been an offensive coordinator um, for a long time. Uh, he's in our defensive staff room every day, you know. And Xavier DB has now went to the offense this season, just so that each of us have a different mindset on each side of the ball. So, you know, when we're talking about certain coverages or certain ways to do things, you know, he's able to chime in and say, hey, well, you know, this is how I'm going to attack that or this is what they're really trying to do. You know, so it helps us in that sense. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, John, great. Uh, thanks for joining us and uh, best of luck here this season. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone, for taking the time and uh, giving a listen to the X's Who Knows podcast. i tell you what, it's that crazy time of the year with football uh, obviously in full swing and towards the back half of their season, but yet basketball starting up. We've, we're pretty lucky here at Virginia Tech. When you look at it, you got a basketball team who's coming off an ACC championship, a women's basketball team that's in the top 15 of the country, and a wrestling program that's going to be the top 10 of the country as well. So a lot of positive things to be able to look to 
uh, here coming up, too. And Hokies need a win inside Lane Stadium. Uh, obviously, these guys doing everything to put themselves into position. Going to recruit hard of the offseason and that, but uh, still with a couple of games left, looking to be able to especially finish that home slate strong with, obviously, Virginia to at the end of the year, but this one against Georgia Tech here this weekend. So thanks so much for listening. I'm Zach Backey saying so long. Until next time. You've been listening to the X's and O's podcast with Zach Mackey. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the Virginia Tech Sports Network.